Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 615 Preps Podcast preseason edition. Chris Brooks along with Scott Burton. And in this episode, we're going to preview Class 4A in the third of our, I guess we've got seven scheduled, depending on how it shakes out. But 4A in this episode and, and some teams here and one region that was really competitive last year down to the last game, Scott. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was uh you know, very, very competitive region. Uh, just great football, honestly. I, I, I love the, four, the the 4A region. It, it was just so jam-packed with good, almost equal matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, it was – it really came down to one game here, one game there uh, that lost. It really came down really to that uh, Montgomery Central White House Heritage game yeah. that we covered that – you know, saw, uh, sewed up that last playoff spot. Yeah, I think I mean, it, it was down to – I think six teams had a spot possibly in that last week, depending on results in Region 5, which we'll get to a little later on this episode. But, you know, the way this thing shook out all year long, we didn't really know who was going to finish where until the last week. No, it was uh, it was really, really fun. Uh, uh, it was a playoff game in the regular season. We, we talk about that a lot. We talk about – this is a playoff game. This is going to determine this or that. But this one really was. It really was a playoff game because the winner played the next week and the loser did not. Yeah. And it was really a special atmosphere uh, up in uh, Cunningham. Uh, unfortunately, the home team was the the one that came out. Montgomery Central came out on the bottom of that. But uh, again, you know, just what is so special about Tennessee high school football. And on the other end of the spectrum, Region 3, which only has five teams, we pretty much knew right away which four we're going to get in and which one wasn't almost before the season started. And it's kind of that way this year, too. Um, and Region 4, there were some questions about the, the three and four seeds, but Nolansville was a class of that region by far and and had a, a really, really strong season in, in just their third varsity year. Yeah, that, that program was a juggernaut. You, you could – you could see it coming. So, lots to get into, and we will do that right after this. So, stay with us. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. We're coming back right after this. Back here in the 615 Preps Podcast preseason edition into Class 4A we go. We start in Region 3. Scott with DeKalb County, one of the teams last year that kind of came out of – I won't say came out of nowhere, but they surprised some people. Yeah, this is a really, really solid team. And you're right. Last year, you don't want to say that they overachieved, but they definitely played up to their potential, and and finished second in the uh, in the region, three and one. You know, with you know had that eight and five record because they went to the playoffs before losing uh, to Nolansville in the four A quarterfinals. Uh, a really, really solid team. And again, I think this year, uh, definitely a solid team. Maybe the pick of the litter here in Region 3-4A. Yeah, with 17 total starters coming back, nine on offense, eight on defense. Steve Trapp's crew probably has one of the higher higher expectations on this side of the bracket in 4A. Now, you have to consider they are in the eastern half, and 4A in, in recent years has been dominated by Elizabethton last year. Greenville years before that, Anderson County's kind of in that in that triangle up in, in East Tennessee. So 
you get to the playoffs and you get to you get past the third round, that's your roadblock to get into Cookville. But DeKalb County is not really going to worry about that right now because they've got to get past Nolansville again to, to get there. Yeah, but going going through it, uh, this team, like you said, they they have a lot of returning starters. When you have nine offensive returning, yeah. four out of five are on, are offensive linemen. So they're going to be set and protecting uh, their senior quarterback Axel Andino, who was the uh, Region Three Four A player, the offensive player of the year last year. One of my favorite names in this area, Axel Andino, quarterback <laughs> for DeKalb County, <laughs> solid. Yeah, that's a that's a solid name. That's a quarterback name. It is. It, it is. is. You can't put that. You can't make this stuff up even in the movie. But you know, kudos to his parents for <laughs> for putting one together. They 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 saw that coming. Yeah, from, you know, a long way off. Yeah, uh, almost two thousand yards passing last year, twenty two touchdowns. But he's a run threat too. Mm-hmm. Sixty six hundred fifty five yards yeah. and seven touchdowns on the ground. So that that offense automatically right there, you've got a lot of leadership. Yep. On that team. But this team made their bones on defense, too. Right. Uh, last year, they averaged uh, 20.8 points per game. But in the region, in their region, they only gave up an average of 12.5 points per game. Right. Yeah, they were they were stingy when it came to region games last year. Now, you talk about this, Aldino's targets. Some of those, Desmond Noakes, Evan Jones, TJ Alexander, other seniors that are going to get a chance to catch the football or run with it. And most of those seniors are going to be three-year starters. So yep. the experiences are almost across the board for DeKalb County. You look up front, you've got guys like Kevin Ponder, Diego Coronado, Brian Portillo leading the way. Like you said, I mean, there's a lot of seniors up front for this team. So this is a year where they could exceed expectations. I mean, I would think, you know, winning the region is really point number one for them. They should be the favorite in this region. It's just a matter of how deep can they go. Right, and you talked about their wide receivers. I also want to talk about one wide receiver, but from the other direction. Uh, Isaac Knowles, who's a junior uh, defensive back, mm-hmm. uh, he had five interceptions last year. Yeah. So their defense is, is going to be solid, too. Eight returning starters on defense. This is the team, like, you you know, they where they exceeded expectations last year, now – now they have the expectations, and like you said, can they push beyond? Yep. That's going to be the question with the Tigers. Yeah. Now, Livingston Academy won this region last year, and DeKalb was was second. Then you had Stone Memorial, and then Macon County was was fourth, and we'll talk about the Tigers and the other Tigers in this region in just a second. <laughs> uh, but real quick, DeKalb County, you know, I want to give them a quick shout-out because you know, when we did our helmet challenge and helmet bracket in our – Uniform challenges, they really showed out, especially in the helmet challenge where they got to the final and, oh, yeah. and lost to Mount Juliet. So, yeah, just a little point to, to note out there. Oh, definitely, they definitely have uh, they definitely have the support of their community behind them, um, and there there's a lot of pride out there in DeKalb County. Yep, yep, for sure. Smithville Smithville will have some good Friday nights this fall, and as long as that group stays intact and healthy, uh, let's head to Lafayette now to get Macon County. Like I said, they they finished fourth in this region last year. Not actually, they were third. Third, they were yeah, third they last were third year. Third last year. I should have known because full disclosure, I covered a lot of their games last year under a previous agreement. So yeah, but Chris, 
You covered a lot of games this last is, year. This is true. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to be perfect. They all they all run together just a little bit. Just but, uh, a little bit. How many how many teams do we cover? 90. 90? And we're doing them all in seven, in seven games? In seven days, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cut yourself some slack. <laughs> all right. Okay. No, this- I, will, I will try. <laughs> but um, out in the, four, in the first round for the third consecutive year, the second straight year, they lost to Nolansville in round one. Yeah, Nolansville did a number on this region because they, they were the ones who beat DeKalb and they uh, beat Macon County 47-7 to in the first round. Uh, this is uh, Kyle Shoulder's uh, third year, I believe, leading the Tigers, and uh, he's he's only got four uh, returning starters on offense. He's got eight on defense. That defense is still stout, but the big question mark is who's going to be behind – Behind the center, who's going to be throwing the ball? Yeah, and that, that's going to fall probably to Brady Brooks, be his junior year under center. He's got a big arm, can get downfield. My question with this team is, are they willing to take the deep shot enough to take some pressure off the running game? They've got some targets in Landon Whittemore and Cameron Houston who should be involved in the passing game, but will they throw it enough to make that matter? Yeah, Landon Whittemore, who's seeing uh, several offers, uh, I think, from – Ivy League schools, you know, I believe. Ivy League already. I know some OVC schools have been interested. And Power 5 teams are starting to get some interest, too. So, he's he's got he's gotten some forward momentum as well. Is he, is he look, are they looking at him, do you know, more of a tight end or a defensive end? I think a little bit at defensive end. But, you know, depending on what he does at tight end, he could get some looks there as well. Yeah. I, I like what you said about uh, Brady Brooks. It, I looked at it. It's 6'4", 170 pounds. That's as big of a quarterback, I think, that uh, Macon County's had in a little it's while. Definitely as tall as they've had in a long time now that he could stand to put a few pounds on. Right. But he has the arm to go downfield. I have seen him throw it. So, no relation, by the way, if anybody's wondering. <laughs> just want to throw that out there. Uh, just in the Full yeah, disclosure, full disclosure I, I am from Lafayette. Yeah. I am a Macon County alum. So. I think the question's going to be, uh, the depth yeah. of this team. Yeah, uh, they lost a lot of, of starters on that offensive side, especially up front and at quarterback from last season. So, I no. Think, I think that uh, Mason Swindle on the offensive line is going to be a, mm-hmm. a, 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 have a chance to really shine. Yeah. Uh, he, he's one of the ones. and But I think the biggest question, can they open holes? You talked about uh, being able to throw the ball downfield. Can they open holes for Hunter Heron? That's going to be the question. And Ethan Jenkins, too. Jenkins will get his share. Jenkins is kind of one of those do-it-all players. He can do a little bit of everything. He can play some quarterback. He can play some wing back in that wing tee. He can catch passes. He can even punt. He's done that quite a bit. So, you know, he's one of the, one of the more versatile players that they have. So, it well, allows him to do some different things. Well, knowing Coach Shoulders, he's going to have you're – you're never going to know where it's coming from. Yeah. The good thing, I think, about this team is their defense. They have plenty of experience coming back. And they were pretty good for stretches last year. It just they have to improve a little bit on that. Yeah, defensive coordinator is Michael Brown, and uh, he runs that fifty defense. And yeah. and and they were stingy last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they gave up seventeen point six points per game last year. Yeah. Uh, now in the region, that's a good number. Yeah, that's a really good number. In the region, it went up about twenty one point five. But a lot of that was Livingston Academy. Yeah, they walled them in week eleven. Yeah, I mean. Exactly that. You know, if you can take those out, then then that uh, defensive tally is is much lower. Yeah. So again, I think that Macon County's got a, a real shot to to make some noise uh, to finish. You know, to compete for that uh, second spot might 
it might be difficult because just because of the depth. But I think they Maybe. they I think they have a really good shot at least making the postseason. Here's the thing about their schedule, and it's kind of true every year. Their first two games define what their season is, and their rivalry games against Smith County and Westmoreland. If they beat Smith County, it's going to be a good year. If they don't, it tends to carry over for three or four weeks. Now, they only have to beat Cumberland County to make the playoffs, and that that's almost a it's almost a given as far as you know as far as making the postseason in that region, you have to win one game. Right. But can they get to the Trowsdale County game in late September unbeaten or with one loss? If they can, then we're going to be talking about this team a little bit more. And and the question is, you know, what does that take out of them? Because we, right after that, they're going to Stone Memorial. Yeah. And that's going to be – And they're kind of an unknown. They might be a little bit more improved this year. Yeah, and that's that's – that's what I'm thinking is that they're they're a little bit I think they have a little bit more depth. Uh you know, Coach Holders is not I mean, this schedule is is built for them to take a take a you know, a beating against some some big teams to get better yeah. as they come down the backstretch. But they've got to win those first two games, I think, to to really have a chance at, at a winning record this year because it tends to define who they are. I mean, those rivalry games really I mean they mean a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely it it's gonna be interesting with um uh, with the COVID rules and because those are games that are usually packed. Yeah. And it's gonna be really interesting to see with those rules what kind of uh, what kind of crowd, yeah. what kind of attendance, what kind of atmosphere you're going to have. Yeah. And that's the same for a lot of teams, including the one we're gonna talk about next as we move to region four, Nolansville, who did a number on region three basically on their own and did a number on, on most of 4A until they got to Elizabethan in the semifinals last year, and that kind of ended their run. Yeah, they uh, they lost, uh, like you said, to Elizabethan, but uh, up until that point, they had quite the year going, um, quite the run. Uh, Paul Derrick uh, had a uh, – he's really got that program. They're, they're only in, what, third year? Third varsity season, Third varsity yeah. season. I mean, this is a program that is – it really just it's actually their fourth they've made they've made all three years they were eligible for the playoffs they've qualified all three years i mean you know what else can you say about that i mean that's that's outstanding that's how uh i mean if if green hill is going to look at a road map that's it that that's that's it know, there's a blueprint right there yep uh, they've got seven returning starters on offense, so I don't think offense is going to be the problem with Nolansville. they do have one big omission though as they lose mr football and Tim Kutras. That is true. And That's he, true. He's an omission on offense and defense. I was going to say, do you think that he's replacing him is going to be harder on offense or harder on defense? It's hard to say, but I think defensively it may hurt them worse. But now, Ryder Gallardi, a quarterback, is going to be a big plus for them. He's really developed in, over just the last two years into his own as one of the best quarterbacks in 4A in the state. Oh, yeah, 2,300 yards, 26 touchdowns. He's got offers from all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's protected by a senior offensive lineman, also an all-region pick, yep. in Grant Reeder. Yep. So that offense, I think, is you know, they are, they averaged 32.5 points per game. In the region alone, 25.6. That's no slouch. Yeah. And defensively, <laughs> now this is where it, it's, you know, I would be some concern uh, if I were them just simply because only three returning right. on defense. They only gave up. 10.5. 
So less than 11 points a game they gave up on defense last year. Yep. Now now you've got to make that up. Like you said, Kudras was a big part of that. Set the tone for the defense. Yeah. No, all the guys coming back, uh, Colton Dobson in that secondary, you know, Tyler Nolan will be on the on the defensive line and Peyton Hicks maybe on defense on defense at some point, but they don't have a ton of experience on that side. So there there could be a step back in that regard, especially in a region with Marshall County and Tullahoma, who look to be improved again this year. Yeah, that Tullahoma game, that that's what I had circled, the 10-2 Tullahoma game. Yeah. If they win that, then I think that, uh, you know. That's at, least, that, that's at least getting you a home game in the first round, I think. Yeah, I agree. And then that also is going to set up that uh, October 30th game with Marshall County, which yeah. I think will be for all the marbles. Yeah, then. should be. So, that, you know, but again, can you survive without Kutras on defense? Can you can you are you going to have to reload? Or are you just going to be, yeah? You know, are you are you going to be able to stand pat? It it's really the big question there. Yeah, yeah. Those those three teams look to be your top three in that region, and then you're probably looking at Maplewood in the four spot mm-hmm. under Arsente Broom, three and eight last season. They fell out at Livingston Academy in the first round of the playoffs. They've got some guys coming back that might help them take a step forward. Anthony Johnson back at quarterback with guys like Winston Pettis, James Smith, Marzion Jones, Latarius Fitz, and others expected to contribute heavily for them. Yeah, they're, they've got a pretty large senior class. Uh, offense, uh, defensively, though, they're going to have to be better. Uh, they they gave the, the ratio offense-defense, uh, even in their region, was a, a little bit uh, out of whack. Defensively, they're giving up uh, almost 24 points a game. They're only scoring about, on average, 19 points a game. So, it, you know, they're going to have to uh, do better on defense. Yeah, I think they're off. Uh, Winston Pettis is their is their senior linebacker. He's their he's their guy. Um, I think that he's going to set the tone. If if they can, you know, like I said, we have a large senior class here. They should be able to hold that four spot. I think they will. But the last two games, that home against Nolansville, home against Tullahoma, that's you know that's going to be the that's going to be where it's at. Yeah, and in the backfield, they're going to really rely on David Sutherland and Alex Broom, along with Latarius Fitz, trying to carry the mail there for them. Arcente Broom's bread and butter's defense, so he's obviously not pleased with the way last year ended up. Mm-hmm. But I would see, I would see, I would think that. There will be some improvement from the Panthers in that in that regard in 2020. So whether it results in a higher seed or not remains to be seen. That region at the top is very tough. Yeah, and and his schedule uh, again, uh, he's not shying away from competition. Uh, they, he's got some really tough teams on that schedule, and that has to you know if you're if you're scheduling light, then yeah, your stats are going to reflect that. Yep. So you know. I, you know, we can look at the stats, but the main thing is the re- the ones that I looked at was the region because those are the ones you're going to see year in, year out for and the region. But I, I, I like what you said. I, I agree. I think Alex Broom, uh, he's our speed guy. I think he's going to be the you – know, I think he's going to be very, very important. We'll finish this part of it up with Spring Hill. The Raiders haven't been to the playoffs since 2017, so they're kind of itching to get back to some postseason action. One and nine last year, they won their last game of the season to avoid the the goose egg. The problem with Spring Hill last year was they just couldn't score. They didn't crack twenty points in any game last year. 
but they did give Columbia and Maplewood some trouble and and beat Lawrence County to to get that one win. Yeah, I think uh, this is a team that is on the rise. I don't think that they're I don't think they're there yet, but I think that uh, you will see. I think they could surprise some people. I honestly do. Uh, they showed flashes of it last year. Uh, the doggone near beat uh, Columbia. Yeah, and it was it was really really close. Um, they they just need to be you know continue to improve. Uh, you know they their defense to offensive. They only average nine points a game, so that's got to improve. Yeah, but I think it will. I think that. Uh, they can get better. There's just a lot of talent in this region, too. Yeah. Yeah. In all honesty. Hey. So, it's just a matter of, you know, just continuing to get better. Yeah, and they've got some guys coming back. You've got Luca Boylan at quarterback coming back for a senior year. A guy I think you're going to hear a bit about is senior Jalen Rucker, wide receiver, is six foot six, a huge target for him. Yes. So. I, I had him circled. That was, uh, that was one that uh, – it's one of those guys. I mean, Boylan's not – he's not small. He's 6'3", 225. Right. Uh, they've got some size there. It's just, uh, you know, do they have enough uh, – do they have enough skill guys yet? And are they – you know, we'll see. That's the thing because they're going to open up, uh, you know, home against Columbia. Yep. So, we'll, we'll see coming out of the gate whether they – you know, where they're at. Yeah, some other guys coming back. Uh, you've got Landon Seacrest in the backfield, Dante Proel at wide receiver, uh, Ramon Kelly at wide receiver. You know, they've got some pieces there. they just got to find a way to put it all together in this region and try to improve upon upon the efforts of last year. So. Yeah. I like Mac Ritchie, too. I, I, I like him at uh, – uh, I think I think as uh, running back, he's got a chance to – to really do something. I think you've got Nolansville and Maplewood possibly as playoff teams out I of this agree. region. Spring Hill's going to maybe maybe another year away. I, I would I would I think they're going to be competitive, much more competitive. I just don't know against competition in this region if they're there yet. Yeah. When we come back, we'll took it, take a look at Region Five and the wild finish it had last year and what they may have in store in 2020. So. Stay with us. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. We're back after this. Back here in the 615 Preps Podcast, we now turn our attention to Region 5 in Class 4A. This region was, as we've mentioned before, as competitive as any in the state last season with nearly every team still in the race in the last couple of weeks. And it doesn't figure to change very much this season, Scott. It starts at the top with Springfield. Now, the Yellow Jackets had made their championship game appearance for the, the second time in three years. Didn't quite get it done again. They fell to Elizabethton in the championship game. But Dustin Wilson's bunch still has some reason to be optimistic this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, they just a wonderful year uh, and wonderful run last year. Uh, ended up, you know, taking all the way to, to Cookville and, uh, and just fall, like you said. Uh, but they've got eight starters returning on that offense. And, uh, and of course, uh, the defense is returning five. They get uh, 15 seniors. So this team has a lot of uh, the same people that took them to the Blue Cross Bowl coming back. Yeah, you start at quarterback with Cavantes Hudson. He's back as a senior. And you've got Gabe Kelly at wideout, Keyshawn Robinson as well. Uh, and the offensive line has a lot of experience coming back too. So the offense, you know, they have no reason – 
to think that they're going to take a step back this year. You know, that, that defensive side, though, with only five returning starters is the one that's going to have to find a couple of new guys to step in and make plays. Yeah, and, and Coach uh, Drew Wilson, uh, the defensive coordinator, uh, he's going to have his guys ready. That 4-4 defense was really stubborn last year. Uh, re- in the region, only allowed 16.2 points a game. Uh, a little bit higher when they got uh, uh, outside of the, the region, but that's because they played some some pretty tough opponents. Uh, but you talked about that offensive line, and that's being led by uh, Tristan Pettit. Uh it's a six-two-three-thirty all-state, all-region offensive lineman, and and he's going to be the one who's uh, protecting Cavantes Hudson. Uh, you mentioned him, uh, eleven hundred sixty-six yards, twenty-two yards uh, rushing. So he's a dual threat. Those guys. Uh, so I, I I would expect this team again to make uh, to make noise in that region. Yeah, their schedule a little bit a little bit impacted by COVID nineteen. Uh, Clarksville's schools are not playing for the first couple of weeks, so they'll lose a game against that they had against Clarksville in week two. We were going to be at that game, and unfortunately it's not going to happen. It's just one of the many impacted by by all the cancellations and, and the delays. Do we know if they've been able to replace that game yet? As far as I know, they are not replacing it yet. Uh, I haven't heard anything from Coach Wilson. If we do, well, obviously we'll we'll pass it along. But I suspect that they may just play a nine game schedule. Yeah, you know, like so many things, just you know, it's just a different type of year yep. this year. So everything's kind of fluid. Uh, you know, we try to bring as much to you as we can, and uh, but uh, things <laughs> things are changing uh, from moment to moment. We tell you what we know when we know it, and then twenty four hours later, it could be completely different. So. Yeah. Even next hour could be completely different. So anything you hear in this podcast may be, may be yeah. out by the time it gets to you. Yeah, just put an asterisk yeah. next to it. That's, that's 2020 in a nutshell, but you know, <laughs> I digress. We, well, let's move on. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about Creekwood for a minute. The Red Hawks, they got to the second round for the second time in school history last season. Houston Fields Bunch can do that again. They've got some, they got some pieces back. Elijah Donaldson back at quarterback as a senior. Micah McGrecky. Had some injuries last year to cut his junior year short. He's back, possibly hoping to make a, a big impact in his senior year. And you've got Michael Harris coming back at running back and will likely play linebacker on defense. Scott, the Red Hawks have some pieces in place. What do they need to do to challenge Springfield? Well, uh, they need to be a bit more consistent. They dropped uh, dropped an overtime game to Montgomery Central. They, they easily could have won last year, and really played Springfield tight. It was only a 14-7 to game. This team is poised and ready to take that next step. Uh, they have se- uh, Their defense was solid. Their defense only allowed, you know, you're talking about a defense that allowed under 20, uh, 20 points a game and an offense that averaged, you know, about 34 in region. So this team – uh, Coach Thiel has really got this team in a good spot. They very, very well could win this if Springfield slips up. Now, the teams that are kind of right below Creekwood on this list you know, in this region all finished with the same region record. You had White House Heritage, Portland, Montgomery Central. So Creekwood, you know, while they're looking at trying to, to win a region, they better be careful because the three teams below them could easily displace them in that in that running order. Oh, yeah, and it was that Montgomery Central loss that really threw that whole region into a, an uproar yeah. because then you had teams beating teams, and it came down to who beat 
who, when, and and what, and that's what set up that uh, crazy, crazy uh, finish in the in the region five. Right, and then Montgomery Central beat Springfield last year, so we didn't know how that region was going to shake out until weeks ten and eleven. Yeah, I mean, again, it 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 made it it made it fun for 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 us. <laughs> Imagine if you were in that region, it was just a nightmare. Yeah, you were you had headaches if you were a coach in that region last year, just because it was so. It, they had the ability to swing so far in, in just a short amount of time. And truthfully, you know, you talk about coaches controlling what they can control. They put themselves in a position several teams uh, last year that it was out of their control. Yep. It depended on what somebody else did. And that is what gives a coach gray hairs or bald spots. Yeah. And, and one such coach might be Stetson Dickerson at White House Heritage with you know, the way that the things worked out for them last year. They were 7-4. and four out in the first round, but they got there because that Montgomery Central upset and really just it gave them a shot to, to move up. Yeah, it was a, it was a turnover late. Uh, that game was as tight as they come, and it was a turnover late that uh, gave them the, the 7.1 Montgomery Central. Yeah. Will Wilson, the quarterback all-region last year, got Jackson Maples back for a senior running back, also had 75 tackles at linebacker, so he's a, a two-way a big contributor on both sides of the ball. You've got other seniors such as Chance Anderson, Malik Wazinski, Timmy Friel, and Lane Halsey who could be playmakers at wide receiver or running back. And you've got several seniors up front with like Andy Williams, Thomas Richardson, Micah Elliott, Holden Tidwell, and there's some others that, that are going to be fighting for playing time for them. Yeah, and defense is where this team really needs to step up this year. They, they gave up uh, – Way too many points last year. Uh, offensively, they were fine, but defensively, uh, just probably not where the the coaches wanted their averages to be. Chance Anderson uh, is one that I want to uh, talk about though, because uh, he's a defensive back, all region, uh, had forty five tackles last year. He's a guy to watch, and I think that uh, I think that he's going to be the one that kind of sets the tone for that defense again. Jackson Maples at that linebacker spot, so they have the people there. In, in to to make that next step and to and to challenge again for maybe that even that second spot. I think this team is a team moving in the right direction. It just can they keep it going? Can they maintain consistency? And you you mentioned the defensive output in the region last year. Listen to these. They gave up forty two to Springfield, forty three to Greenbrier, and a, and a loss, which kind of threw their season in flux for a bit. Mm-hmm. Thirty one to Portland, forty nine to Creekwood. And then they improved against White House and Montgomery Central. But you now the first four region games last year, the defense just didn't didn't do the job, and that's kind of what threw them down the order a bit. Yeah, and and even in the playoffs, they gave they gave up thirty five to Lexington. They were in that game, so I mean, this is a team that got better as the season went on. If they can maintain that momentum, if they can keep that going, and I know it's hard and as disruptive as this year has been, but. In all honesty, you know they, you know they they are looking at Springfield week three, so depending on what mindset they're in, what mindset Springfield's in, you really don't know what this season what's going to happen in these early games. Yep. So they very well could put themselves in a position to really do well uh, in in this region. A team that was kind of in that mix as well, Portland last year got to the playoffs but didn't get out of the first round. 
You know, the Panthers lost some pieces from last season, so they're going to have to reload, especially quarterback. You know, losing Caleb Mandrell. What's what do the Panthers have to do to to make another playoff appearance? Uh, they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to get that offense. They're going to have to define, like you said, who's going to run the offense, and then they have to keep that going because they put points on the board last year. Uh, but uh, that's not an everyday player that you're replacing. And you know, you need to you know you need to have continuity in the line. I think you've got a new defensive line, so really their defense is going to have to uh, to get much better. I think there uh, you were talking about a replacement. Uh, we talked about a replacement. Cullen Box looks to be he's a sophomore, and he looks like he may be what they have at quarterback. Uh, starting if uh, just on the early returns. But with the change at quarterback, can you put up the same numbers? Can the D keep them in it? That's going to be the thing. Are they ready to make that next step? Yeah, I mean, look, at there's some of their offensive outputs from last year. This is the first seven games they had, 35, 22, 35, 31, 50, 31, 41. That's how many points scored in the first seven games. Last three, seven, 12, zero in the regular season and 14 in their playoff loss. And flip that on the other side because if you look at their last six games, give up 51 points, 35 points, 29, 37, 27, 46. Yeah. Uh, it it really, the towards the end of the season, it's almost like they ran out of gas. Yeah, they were in a lot of shootouts in the middle of the season and – I don't know if that can be the formula for them to have a successful season this year, not without a guy like Caleb Mandrell running that offense. When they find a quarterback, they're going to have to really just rely on, on that wing T offense to, to just keep ball control and move it down the field. Yep, I so, agree. You know, Portland's kind of in the mix for a playoff spot there. Montgomery Central, we, we talked about it at length, what happened to them last year. The only seven-win team in the state to not make the postseason. Yeah, and, and it, was a, a, it was a shock – to a lot of people that, that they didn't. And, again, it was just really uh, – it came down to that last game, but it truthfully for them it, it shouldn't have come down to that, but it did. Um, this is this is a team that's uh, returning uh, several players on this offensive line, but uh, – I mean, I'm sorry, it's got a lot of newbies on the offensive line. Sorry, I can't read my own writing. <laughs> um, the defense, I think, is going to be okay, uh, but – Boy, their schedule, you know, they've got Springfield, Heritage, Creekwood all the way. Uh, so they're going to have to be a, a road warrior team uh, this year. Defensively, they're okay. Defensively, they did well. I mean, they averaged just over uh, allowing uh, just short of 16 points per game. In their region, only 18. I mean, this was a team that played solid defense and offensively, you know, they dropped off. It was it was almost even, Steven, because it was about 19 points a game. Offense, almost 19 points a game defense. Uh, if their offense can take the next step, yep. that's going to be the big thing. And, and that, Go ahead. It's going to be a little tougher for them with only three starters back on offense. Uh, they've got nine back on the defensive side, so that looks to be a, a, pretty, a pretty experienced unit. Now, the offensive side, they had some losses. They lost Lakendry Sanders. Their leading rusher from last year, he's mm-hmm. gone. We graduated last year. Lost Mason Tomlinson, Nick Rye, Colton Higdon, and Parker Denton from the offensive line. So they've got a lot of they got a lot of work to do to to find starters on the offensive line, especially. Yeah, and I think it, Logan Sykes is going to be the the big uh, 
uh, who who they're going to have to hang that on because he's their junior quarterback. He's a run pass threat. Uh, he's going to have to be dynamic. He's going to have to be able to throw the ball to open up that run game uh, for Cale Davis. Cale uh, Davis uh, is uh, their their running back. He also splits time with Casey Cunningham, who's more of a short yardage back. He's six two two ten, so he's a road grader. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he he may be he may be you know blocking on the line. <laughs> he may be running the ball either way, but. Both of these guys are are tremendous linebackers. Davis is an all-region uh, linebacker. So, again, their defense is pretty good. But they've got two seniors on that offensive line in Caden Ward and Tucker Mixon. Uh, Ward goes 6'5", 220, and Mixon goes 6'4", 275. So they've got size on that line with uh, with the, the ones that they do have, those seniors. Yeah. Of course, we talked about the way they lost their playoff spot from last season, that last game. They're not in that spot if they don't lose to the next team in our list. They lost to White House in Week 10. That really kind of threw them in. They would have clinched a playoff slot with a with that win, and they didn't do it. So they, they kind of were kicking themselves after Week 10, and it ended up costing them a playoff spot with a loss in Week 11. The Blue Devils, on the other hand, haven't been to the playoffs since 2017, and that's something we don't say about this program all that much. They've, they've been generally a playoff team through most of the last four decades. Yeah, and, and you you wonder exactly what the dynamic is that causes a team that has been winning for so long. I don't think it's as much the coaches. I think it's the advent of White House heritage in the area, uh, siphoning off some players. Uh, also could be uh, uh, any number of things, just the way things work. But uh, I think Coach Hamilton has this program moving in the right direction uh, in his second year. Like They did some good things that you mentioned they – they upset Montgomery Central. They were in several games. I mean, they lost only by seven to White House Heritage. They lost by seven to Creekwood. Uh, you know, they got beat by Portland. Uh, and they only lost to Springfield by ten. I mean, this is a team that get a bounce one way, you get a turnover somewhere else, and this this team's in the playoffs. So I, I think that uh, I, I think this te- this uh, that Coach Hamilton has these guys moving in the right direction the question is going to be this year they only have four returning starters on offense what is that going to do to them yeah it really depends on on who winds up a quarterback I mean it's just going to be such a young team on the offensive side it may be Raynan Blackburn that that takes over a quarterback he's one of those that could be in that mix there he was a tailback for them they may have to make that transition yeah that's going to be really interesting uh and because you're talking about taking a 1,300-yard rusher out of the backfield, 18 TDs, um, and moving him to quarterback, uh, you know that that if they wildcat it, we've seen that success, that formula yeah. for success before. Yeah, I mean they they typically try to run more of a pro style offense. So you know another guy that could be in that mix as well would be you know Bryson Harper. He was listed as an athlete on the information that we got from them. So he could be in the mix at quarterback as well. But, you know, the offensive line, William Quad Lucas, nicknamed Quad, I kind of like that, 6'4", oh. <laughs> 298 up front. You're going to be hard-pressed to find somebody in 4A that's going to have more more size and more physicality than him. Yeah, he's he's their only senior lineman, and he uh, he is a beast up there. Um, but 
the, uh, Drew Farrell is actually a senior. He's going to, I believe, he's going to be on the offensive line as well. He was an all-region defensive end, uh, but uh, I think that they, well, I, I think they're going to be able to pull some. It's just going to be a matter of can you get those guys working together and working together early. Yeah. Uh, but I, again, I think your big question is what? How? What's your offense going to be like? Are you going to? I mean, if you've got, you've got to get the ball into Blackburn's hands. Yeah. And that's going to be the question. I think that you solve that, and this team finds the postseason. Yeah, that's one of the things. When you don't have the, the spring practice time or the seven-on-seven work that you generally get with a normal offseason, when you have to make those kind of changes, it can be really difficult to plug guys in and get them the reps that they really need. So these early season games are going to be more like those scrimmages that you would have had. Yeah, and, they, and uh, I don't know if they change this, but they run a pro-I offense, mm-hmm. and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that if Blackburn's behind the center, uh, you know, instead of being in the I formation. Yeah, and it's a big question for White House, and it may be you know, that they hope to not make it three straight years out of the playoffs, but they're going to have a little work to do in that region to keep from it. Uh, the same goes for Greenbrier. You know, the Bobcats finished in, in the bottom of this region last season, after a two and eight record, and and offensively, there was just a, a struggle pretty much all year. Only three games where they even scored more than ten points. Yeah, and they still have questions at those skill positions. They have to solve. Uh, the line has size. They've got seven returning starters on offense, so um, and eighteen seniors overall. But uh, this team has got to find a way to put points on the board. They only averaged eleven point four points per game for the for the season, and that's with a forty three point output against White House Heritage in a game they won. Right. I mean, in the region, including that game, in the region, they only averaged nine points per game, gave up 36.7. Yeah. But you, it's kind of, if you're not putting points on the board and you're not moving the ball, you're you're prone to give up points. Yeah, you're putting, because, a, you're putting a ton of pressure on your defense when you can't maintain, sustain drives and, and keep the ball for long enough to, to at least give them guys some rest. And, and in some cases, those guys are playing both ways anyway, so – yeah, it's it's a catch twenty two. Yeah, they've got some, um, and they've got some players. I think this team should improve this year. Whether they make playoffs or not, that's that's not that that probably shouldn't be your goal. Getting getting the wins, being competitive, and improving, yeah, uh, is is probably the goal. I mean, you have Paxton Manis, uh, a junior offensive lineman. He's the all region. He's actually an all region de- defensive tackle. Um, you've got Andy Lee, you've got the Lee brothers, uh, both seniors, uh, both offensive linemen. Uh, Andy Lee is an all-region guard. Um, so you've got some size on that line. The question is going to be, who's your quarterback? Because you yeah. have two in, uh, that are competing. Brogan Harden, he's a junior. And then you have Braxton Laney, who's a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So whoever wins that, that's going to be a big piece of it. Yeah, that's it's going to be an interesting year for John Elmore's Bobcats just to see if they can make some headway in that region. Awfully, awfully tough and and very competitive, and it probably will be again right down to the wire. So I like Springfield to win this region again, and Creekwood should probably find a way to keep pace with them. That middle is going to be muddy. I agree. I think that I think this is going to be uh, the tale of two races: one, uh, Creek, Creekwood and Springfield for that first slot, and then the the next three, the next four for the two remaining spots. Yep. That's and and we may see another 
we may see another free for all uh, giving uh, given this region. This this is an exciting exciting region. Yeah, the, the fans should be treated to some really really good games this year amongst these teams and you know, a lot of four A is it's like that. I mean, you know, it's not typically a ton of teams that get a lot of coverage around the area, but you know, there's good football played here. Oh yeah, definitely, and you know some of the most exciting games, some of the most competitive games. And, yeah, and we'll keep up with these as the year goes on. But that's all the time we got for this episode. We're done with 4A. Next time we'll get the 5A preview and a lot of very talented players to talk about, but a lot of unknowns considering the pandemic as well. And we'll get into that next time. So for Scott Burton, this is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Buckle up. Six One Five Preps Podcast is a production of B Squared Media LLC.